Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel, episode 104, and today we return ready to look forward to the antics from the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, round two of the F1 2023 Formula 1 season. And of course, as always, I'm joined by a man who actually, as a fun coincidence, he has the same religion as Red Bull's <laughs> boss's first name. Yes, we're joined wow. by Jamie183 as always. How how are we doing, mate? Crazy stat. Never. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get that on I, any other podcast. I didn't believe you'd actually use that as the intro, but here we are. You you um, said I should use it, so I used it. Coincidentally, this episode marks the uh, the number one more than Lewis Hamilton's total race wins in his career. Yeah. Um, and while well, looking like at Mercedes' pace, it looks like that might be it really for him. That's so, what worries me. Yeah, yeah. So Saudi Arabia coming up to preview that, which is also the venue of Lewis Hamilton's last ever race win. Yes, win number 103. So just reminding venue. Matt that it's been 18 months since his driver had any success. From New well, York. I think any success is a bit unfair, <laughs> but yeah, I suppose. I mean, how long ago was it that Nico Hulkenberg had decent success? When was Nico Hulkenberg's last 2015 podium? 2015 Le Mans. 2015 Le Mans, <laughs> so eight years ago. Okay, Jamie, yep, you win that yep. round. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, we've got we've got a few things to go through this week. It's been a weird little week of Formula One news, hasn't it, Jamie? Of course, we you know we mm. we looked back over the Bahrain Grand Prix, uh, and then a lot of bizarre stories have kind of come out that. Some of them are fairly undramatic, so we'll we'll go through those first, and then a few of them obviously quite dramatic, which, of course, timestamps will be linked down below. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, of course, there's also links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well. Let us know. If you're listening to this and you want this going elsewhere, let us know. Preferably don't say in the bin. Um, but <laughs> let's talk then, Jamie. First of all, McLaren are apparently in talks with Red Bull about going back to Honda Power again. Yeah, which... I believe you called that happening, but it was off a podcast. So I, no, I said that on a podcast. Was it on a correctly. podcast? Yes, I went out on a limb saying McLaren well, Honda, I reckon, is going to go back. Fair play. I don't think they're in negotiations. I think what what the actual story was, Christian Horner had been contacted by Zach Brown regarding Red Bull Power for 2026. So I don't know if they're in negotiations, but certainly there have been talks. Well, this um, is the yeah. complicated thing, isn't it? Because from what the articles I read, we couldn't work out whether he was talking exclusively about Red Bull powertrains, which is effectively, of course, Honda Power, mm -hmm. or whether they were going to try and look to do a tie-in with Ford Power. We couldn't quite work out which way around it was going to work. Um, so we, we kind of just assumed that Honda Power would be more better for clickbait, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. McLaren Honda round three. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of is interesting that McLaren it feels like every time they kind of stagnate in their progress they just like right let's change engine at this point really because obviously there was a lot made of the initial McLaren Honda move in 2015 uh, that obviously blew up and was awful um, the move to Renault was meant to be it and now I can fight all that rubbish with Alonso and Van Dorn for a bit that didn't really go anywhere they end up back at Mercedes and then got a race win then they've gone backwards again where does it end? When does it? <laughs> what are they going to do? Just keep going in circles until they actually work out that they're the problem? I'm not sure. Ferrari but... power. Yeah, <laughs> McLaren Ferrari would absolutely never happen. No, that'd be the most <laughs> cursed thing in the world. Yeah. Speaking though, of course, you mentioned with Fernando Alonso. Uh, did you read as well the article that came out this week of him talking about how Ferrari had offered him a contract extension in 2014, right the way through to 2019? 
to stay at Ferrari, but he thought McLaren Honda would be, and I quote, a better and safer move. Safer? Apparently well, that's, so. That's a bit ridiculous. I think Alonso had his soul worn down by Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, so imagine being there for a decade, not being Michael Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. At least Schumacher won half the uh, years he was there in terms of titles. But yeah, I think McLaren, it's they need some real... Like I don't know what they need to do to be honest, but they they need to come up with a long term plan and almost do what Red Bull have done and kind of get their own engine from somewhere because all the time they're being a customer, there's not really much chance they're going to win. We never really saw customer teams win world championships apart from with Red Bull Re- uh, Renault, and even for the most of those years Renault weren't on the grid. So yeah, same could be said with McLaren Mercedes back in the day, but it is it is difficult for them because obviously Mercedes are on the grid. Renault are effectively on the grid through Alpine and Red Bull have their own people now with Honda and it will be Ford so yeah unless they do go back to Honda and then stay with Honda once Ford take over Red Bull then they've got really nowhere else to go and this was the big point I remember making on the show a few weeks ago when I said McLaren Honda could be back there's one one huge change that's gone down in McLaren over the last few years and that is the management structure you know Ron Dennis out Zach Brown mm. in, I feel that now McLaren have learned enough that, because of course the big problem that we always spoke about with why McLaren Honda didn't work was McLaren went right, we've built this chassis, it's better than anything else in the world, you have to make your power unit fit inside this of course yeah. Honda tried and tried and tried, it didn't work and then of course we got to 2018 when they went back to Renault Power, of course they still were hyping up this chassis all the time or these various chassis that yeah. they'd made and then they were slower than Renault anyway so it was quite yeah. clear from there that obviously everyone then suddenly knew that actually McLaren didn't build particularly brilliant chassis either, um, the, the power unit certainly didn't help on a lot of those occasions and then of course whilst they're struggling with this Renault Power unit slower than Renault Alpha Tauri are picking up fourth place at Bahrain, for example, and doing really well with Honda Power, because they're Honda. I think this is the thing, isn't it, that people always forget. Honda are the largest in terms of raw units, the largest engine manufacturer in the world. Yes, a lot of those do go into literal lawnmowers. They know bikes, how to build engines. <laughs> they yeah, know they what they're doing. McLaren just, if they go back to Honda, they need to go right. Just build us a power unit that will match everyone else and we will build the car around it. Which Again, is kind of what Red Bull did in taking them as a factory. Exactly. And this is, I think, the thing that as well, a lot of people that are coming back, in, or not back into sport, but sort of getting more into the sport now are realising, and I mean, we've said this for years, Adrian Newey is the best person ever in Formula 1. Like a sim- like driver, <laughs> team principal, yeah. anything yeah. like that. Adrian Newey is by far and away the most gifted person that has ever been in Formula 1. And I think when he does finally call it quits, people will... I mean, a lot of people obviously already realise that, but I think he still goes massively underrated because he's just absolutely insane, isn't he? Yeah, and he's responsible in terms of, like, heading up championship-winning cars and drivers. He probably has more world championships influence than anyone else ever. I think he definitely does. He's got to be right up there, unless yeah. you've got someone that's hung around Ferrari throughout a lot of their generations yeah. and things like that. Because he must be, like, he must, what was it? Um, he was it debuted House, at Leighton House in 1991, if I remember and correctly. It was all through McLaren's heyday, 
Yeah. And then moved to Red Bull and won all of them with Vettel as well. Yeah. So, and Verstappen now, of course. So He's yeah. been winning world championships it's, literally it's quite, since before we were born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how we got onto this tangent, but you could tell the years he was working on the Aston uh, Valkyrie, the, the hypercar, the road car, they were the years where Red Bull started struggling era-wise and were kind of dropping down to third. And then as soon as he's done with his side projects and getting bored of F1 for a bit, he comes back and they immediately start They're rising back, back to the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is the thing. Yeah. That I saw a brilliant thing earlier on. I think it was on TikTok of someone had just posted a comment going, I'm willing to bet after the Bahrain Grand Prix, Adrian Newey went home and doodled a better Mercedes W14. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably yeah. true. That's the frustrating thing about it. I don't it. understand how he's so much better than everyone else. He but just, he is. <laughs> he's one of those rare people, isn't he? I know we've said this before. He's one of those rare people that you, you can't, you'll never be able to know how but you just know he views the world in a slightly different way, and that's what makes him special. Yeah. He just looks at anything and can tell. He just seems to be able to see things yeah. with a different perspective to the rest of us, and hats yeah. off to him, because, I mean, he is... You know, don't get me wrong, you know, Max is a very, very incredible driver and all this, that, and the other, but Adrian Newey makes champions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but that's enough of a tangent. I don't think we were going there. No, I it's thought that was quite podcast, good. But, yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. an off week. We can do what we like. We'll, we'll move on from our Adrian Newey loving. Yes. Uh, yeah. Back to Saudi Arabia, which is where the Grand Prix is being this weekend. Yep. Um, hopefully this year there's no missile strikes during practice. That would that be nice a, if we don't have yeah. buildings on fire in the background. Yeah, that would. Uh, that was not ideal last year, especially when it got brushed over by absolutely everybody possible. Um, but yeah, it's a not really many changes to the track there's been a few widenings uh obviously it's one of the most exhilarating tracks to watch an onboard of all year really just because of the speed and how close the walls are um usually makes for a good race we've had two chaotic races i don't know how about good but uh, <laughs> yeah the first two races have been pretty entertaining at least uh maybe not good as i just said but hopefully we get a, an entertaining one again but We'll see, we'll see. The pace in Bahrain, in terms of car pace, I'm not optimistic for loads of excellent races unless some chaos goes ahead. I think... I I mean, this is what a lot of people have spoke about as well, and whether it's, you know, a little bit of desperation to try and hope that there's still going to be a title fight this year. Bahrain, apparently... Now, this is coming from people much smarter than, than you and I. Bahrain apparently really did play into Red Bull's strengths because of just how abrasive and traction limited the circuit is. Mm. It is believed, don't get me wrong, I don't think Red Bull are going to be a million miles away from the front, if not at the front still anyway. But apparently this race should play towards Mercedes, Ferrari and Aston Martin and bring Red Bull closer to them. Yeah, and it will. It, it's the first insight we've had into seeing these cars anywhere other than Bahrain yes. because obviously all, all yeah. the testing was there um, and it's it's still obviously a similar part of the world but in terms of track like character and track behaviour it's very different to Bahrain it's very high speed not loads of traction zones braking zones and yeah I think the track surface is much smoother so tyre wear shouldn't be a limitation which was kind of Red Bull's massive strength was because their yeah. tyres lasted so much longer than anyone else is in Bahrain, so it could it could be a close four way fight for the uh, 
for the win. Who knows? Four or eight. Oh, even eight. Lance Stroll could be up there. Lance Stroll. I mean, this this was going to be a question I was going to ask you later on in this show, Jamie. But as we've mentioned him now, I'll ask you. The last four years, three or four years, I'm trying to think back. Obviously, last year, we saw Carlos Sainz take his first ever F1 victory. 2021, we saw Ocon take his first ever victory. 2020, Gasly. 2019, Charles Leclerc. I don't think there was a new Grand Prix winner back in 2018, so it is the last four years in a row. Do we think we'll see a new Grand Prix winner this year? And could it be Lance Stroll? (laughs) Well, that's the only candidate, really, isn't it? Well, I don't think you would have said Gasly or Ocon in 20 or 2021. True, true. Without, Without a very strange race then yeah the only the only driver in those top four teams to have not won is worryingly Lance Stroll <laughs> I also forgot to mention Russell last year as a first time winner yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean unless you do get a chaotic race and I don't know who's even top of the midfield anymore I like, don't know yet too early to wait, call who, isn't it who actually is Alfa Romeo both, both Alpines have Bottas has won a race Joe I don't think Joe's going to win a race to be honest <laughs> Um, yeah, it's either Stroll. Don't or, say Nico Hulkenberg. Or it's like a Olivia Panis style Hulk victory. No, don't say Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, going back going back to Saudi quickly. You know, again, we're, we're tangenting today. It's a, it's a tangent kind of show. Um, do we think? You know, of course, the big the big hope, isn't it, by pretty much everyone, is that Red Bull will be dragged back towards Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin. Of course, we mentioned this last week. Ferrari, for whatever reason, weren't focusing on Red Bull. Um, They also weren't focusing on making sure their own cars got both of the chequered flag. I mean, Charles Leclerc was only, what, a couple of tenths away at the end of qualifying. He could have probably been closer if he'd been given a final run. Yeah. Do we think this weekend Ferrari could really rustle their feathers, even if it is only on Saturday? I think there's definitely potential there. I think Ferrari had the highest speed trap, I think, uh, in Bahrain. So, yeah, it's it's entirely possible. Obviously, top speed is a big influencer at this kind of track in Saudi Arabia. But, of course, different track setups and stuff. Maybe Red Bull run less wing and they're still able to nurse their tyres. We'll wait and see. But I think it is the uh, the sort of track that rewards nailing those final Q3 runs. And as we've said many times, I think Leclerc probably is the best on the grid at that. Yes. So certainly on Saturday, I don't see why Ferrari couldn't be right there. Um, or even Alonso and the Aston Martin. Why not? They're very, uh, they're a little bit more draggy actually than the other two. I think they're sixth, sixth fastest they in the speed trap. They were not brilliant down the speed traps. No. Um, um, but we'll wait and see. I mean, you've just mentioned Charles Leclerc, but there is another driver that's pretty damn good around street circuits, qualifying especially. Obviously, took pole last year, and you know, again, obviously, you can talk in hypotheticals so much and so forth, but did get screwed by the safety car. Mm. He could have rather sensibly won last year's Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, and I did actually look over the data for this as well. He was closer in Bahrain on pace than he was last year. Could yeah. this be the weekend for Checo Perez to continue his street circuit streak? Well, he's yeah, he's won what the last. Well, Monaco, Singapore, wasn't it? I know there's a few more street circuits yeah. than that on the calendar now, but those are kind of the, the typical classic two that we spoke about. The tight, uh, twisty through. ones, which Saudi Arabia yeah, isn't, but definitely still. isn't. But um, yeah, he's he's very good at street circuits. Uh, I don't expect him to beat Verstappen, to be perfectly honest. But I wouldn't expect that last year either. So 
I'm here to be surprised, but hopefully not for uh, for my sake. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, it's still always the question, isn't it, that we wonder at the moment of, say, for example, Checo is on it this weekend and is right there. Will Red Bull tell him to get out of the way? I don't think they'd bother this early in the season, to be honest. I think they can tell that they've got the, the, uh, the rest of the field at arm's length so they can kind of allow their drivers to fight. They don't need to back Verstappen because he will win anyway um, <laughs> over the course of the season. And Sergio Perez wins the but, 2023 uh, yeah. World Championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they would use team orders in race two, but then this is Red Bull we we're talking about, so maybe they would. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, isn't it, I think. Um, but of course, you know, we, we spoke there about Red Bull still having everyone at arm's length. There is one driver who apparently is less happy with that than any other. We could be in by just from reading things. And again, it's always a bit difficult to tell. There is a storm brewing over at Ferrari, isn't there? Charles Leclerc oh, yeah. went and spoke to not only the top dog of Ferrari F1, but the top dog of Ferrari in it, it is, it is, as an entire business. He went and spoke mm. with John Elkin last week after the DNF. Yeah. That doesn't happen often. No, definitely not. And, yeah, I kind of think Leclerc, what, he's been there, this is his fifth year with Ferrari. Which is and mad. Start, yeah, which is crazy anyway, we're getting old. But um, it starts off with a DNF and the car, certainly in Bahrain, clearly isn't the fastest car on the grid, isn't the favourite for the championship. And he's probably getting a bit impatient. He's obviously tied down to, I think, 2025. The end of 24, um, I think. Yeah. Actually, that's not that long. I remember it being longer than that. But It might be the end time, of 2025 then. To be honest, I can't quite remember off the top of my head. Um, and obviously, Leclerc is quite unhappy. We kind of see this five-year cycle with Ferrari drivers these days that they... Unless you're Michael Schumacher or Felipe Massa, who I guess were still... Well, Felipe They're Massa like, wasn't particularly happy there anymore. They just kept no, him on because they wanted to promote Santander in South America. Yeah. Um, and I guess both of them were beneficiaries of when Ferrari were capable. Um, or certainly Schumacher was. So, yeah, we kind of see this five-year cycle. I think Alonso Vettel were both there for five seasons. And then, well, kind of they'd been, they'd been worn down by being at Ferrari so long. And obviously Alonso kind of left to his own accord. Vettel was on his way out anyway probably but got, well, got binned off yeah <laughs> um so we will see and interestingly there's uh yeah there are wholesale changes at ferrari probably to appease leclerc but if not could there be an option at another team in the top well this is the thing isn't it because of course we've had apparently uh, uh, who is it uh laurent mechies has apparently had offers to go elsewhere and of course was with the fia if i remember correctly went to Ferrari and has now been offered roles either in Alpine, Liberty Media and the FIA again. Um, I've tried to actually look elsewhere because apparently there are quite a few that, you know, there's a lot of people in Ferrari that jobs are potentially on the line, uh, but you can't get a particularly detailed list anywhere of who's going where at the moment, at least in English. Um, You know, again, there's part of me that, you know, we we sort of say, you know, Leclerc's at the end of his five-year Ferrari cycle, he might be off elsewhere soon but there's still part of me and it might be moronic that wants to believe <laughs> that Fred Vasseur is the second coming of Ross Braun inside Ferrari <laughs> I mean he's doing a lot more than most 
other Ferrari team principals have done. Well, he's not Italian. Yeah, exactly. So he can actually think straight. Steady on. As a Ferrari, <laughs> as a Ferrari team principal. Yeah. Like, the success rates of the non-Italian ones have generally been higher than the Italian ones. Yes. Which I'm not making a generalization. That's just fact. So, yeah. We will, uh, we will see. He's obviously come in with a bit of an iron fist and uh, many, many changes. Uh, we'll see if they work, basically. But I, I hope that Leclerc gives them a little bit of loyalty, at least gives time for the new people to make a difference. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Well, I mean, it does hang really on one question, doesn't it, for Charles Leclerc? Because there has been one driver occasionally on the past that has said, if an opportunity opened up for Ferrari, I would consider it. Mm. That driver might or might not be seven-time world champion, 103 wins, 103 poles, statistically the greatest driver of all time, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. Could we see a swap between Hamilton and Leclerc 2024 or 2025? Because Hamilton, it seems like, might be getting a bit fed up with Mercedes at the moment. Of course, we have this open letter for whatever reason even as a Mercedes fan I thought why uh, it's just a bit ridiculous come on man. apologising we, we came fifth, fifth and seventh it wasn't it wasn't exactly like we had a McLaren performance this weekend um, it could is there an avenue potentially that we see Leclerc and Hamilton swap I think potentially like Hamilton has forever even like when they were battling him and Vettel for championships he was like Ferrari are still like Ferrari. Obviously, at that point, he was never going to swap from Mercedes. But now he always went to them to for leave. discussions, though every year. Yeah, don't forget yeah. that. So, I would be surprised. It'd be one of the biggest driver transfer stories of certainly recent history. I feel. I think Hamilton for Ferrari. You could argue would be Probably one of the biggest, biggest transfers of all time. Yeah, you know that's up there yeah. with Prost to Ferrari back in 1990 and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, why not? And Leclerc to Mercedes, I think, would be e- equally as exciting, really. Oh, Maybe yeah. Maybe a bit less yeah. headline-grabbing, but certainly would be huge for both him and Mercedes, I feel. I mean, and, the th- the th- it's yeah. weird, isn't it? Because there's still always, and I, I don't, it will never go away, will it? There's always this kind of... Ferrari is in this mythical status. It always has <laughs> been, it always will be in Formula 1. And they can be doing absolutely dog-do... But if you get the chance to drive for Ferrari, more often than not, you take that chance to drive for Ferrari. There, I mean, again, it's it's well documented nowadays. Of course, you know all the bizarre ins and outs and goings on inside that base at Maranello. But do you think sensibly any driver other than probably Verstappen would turn down the chance to go there? Right now, probably not. To be honest, and. I think well, Sebastian Vettel summed it up quite well in Canada, to I think 2016, where he's like, everyone's a Ferrari fan. Even if you're not yes. a Ferrari fan, you are a Ferrari fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Seb did, I think, as much as they might have been them off, I think he certainly showcased what Ferrari means to a lot of people yeah, still, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that would be... I think the thing is, well, of course, for Hamilton, let's be fair. Honestly, if, if we suddenly got news tomorrow that 2024 Hamilton was going to Ferrari... I would not expect an 8th World Championship to be coming. No. But no, I don't for one so. second, imagine if it did. <laughs> that would be huge. We, be Hamilton, If Hamilton did go to Ferrari and win an 8th World Championship, we'd probably describe Hamilton as making 
the two greatest ever driver <laughs> transfers, wouldn't we? The two yeah. best moves of any Formula 1 driver of all time. But do I see it happening since... I mean, this is the weird thing, isn't it? Of course, Hamilton has been a Mercedes driver his entire career, from 13 years old. You his know, entire talk, life, basically. People talk about McLaren, but of course that was always where he was going to end up in Formula 1 because he was yeah. a Mercedes junior. He was always then going to go to Mercedes because he was a Mercedes junior. Yeah. Could he... Do we think he could give that up? I mean, he'd sell a few more copies of his book because I mean, that is definitely one I want. When that he has out. kind of closed the book, hasn't he? He's kind of done all there is to do with Mercedes. Like, I don't see why not. Like, I know that when, when like, Vettel, or even when Button left um, uh, Braun, what was effectively, like, the Brackley team, which is now Mercedes, Button was like, we've set out what we achieved, like, we achieved what we set out to do, so I can leave and be happy. Because, yeah, they, they joined together in 2003, I think it was, to be world champions, and they achieved that, and he's off. And it's like, Hamilton can't achieve anything more, other than, you could argue, the eighth championship. He has done all there is to do in Formula One, so if he was to leave, it wouldn't be toxic. I don't think he wouldn't be salty because yeah, he he has done everything. So why not close that book and give it one more shot with the biggest name in motorsport in terms of teams? Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because there's still no doubt in my. I, I don't know if you watched Sky did a video with Hamilton. I think it was last week. I don't know if you saw this where he did I a lie detector it. test. No. And they. So they obviously went through all the, like the normal fun questions, all this, that, and the other, and then he asked him to do some. Well, they said, "Do you want to do some harder ones?" And he went, "Okay." And they asked him, "Will he give up on an eighth world title?" And what he, a stupid question. Of course, he's gonna say no. He just gave you. You you <coughs> watch him sit there and think about it for a second, and I don't know what must have been going through his mind, <laughs> but I just remember he gave Simon Lazenby a little smile and went, "No." Yeah, I think obvious. had 2021 gone his way and he won that world title like he should have it would not surprise me if right then and there he said that's it, I'm done and honestly I think yeah. if Hamilton does get that 8th world title that'll be it, he's done with Formula 1 he's done everything he ever set out to achieve he, gave, you know, he came into the sport everyone was against him he's given everyone the big middle finger and he's gone and taken every desirable record in the book for himself he's not got the most races without a podium every so. desirable record Jamie <laughs> I mean I, I, I just don't see now especially with how badly the start of the well not how badly but just how, Mercedes has still got that work to do I don't see Mercedes being that place where he takes that 8th world title this year at the very least maybe next year as well could Ferrari be that place Imagine well, it. Imagine. It would be very cool. It would be extremely cool. It would be, but, I think, the most. Yeah. I'd argue <laughs> the most poetic thing ever in Formula One. We we would do our, uh, we will do our driver transfers predictions. I'm sure in the come, summer. Yeah. Probably May. So given how early city season. Well, we'll have to do it after Australia <laughs> because we've got a three week yeah. break. Yeah. Um. I mean, we are going on rambles and wombles we today. Skip over some of these Fair notes because we've gone on for so long. <laughs> right. Let, let's let's keep firing it on then, Jamie. Uh, Andretti apparently are looking to hire Formula 1 staff they're still trying to make their bid for 2026 what are our thoughts yeah I hope they do I really hope they do and more teams more creditable teams anyway are always a good thing for Formula 1 so I just hope the team stop being so like pedantic about it the whole thing really because obviously they don't like the competition because it means whoever finishes 11th 
it doesn't get prize money effectively it doesn't get anywhere near as much so yeah I, I really hope they do but obviously the teams are going to be as difficult as they can well I think this uh, was the thing wasn't it the teams were obviously trying to push back Andretti until they got the new Concord agreement through because of course the big number was wasn't it 200 million dollars Andretti would have to pay to join so every team gets 20 million dollars which you kind of think yeah okay that seems fair then of course the number that was swirling was 600 million that yeah. the teams want of course that will be the number they'd sign the next Concord agreement to for any new team wanting to come in now the last I read that number is circling north of a billion dollars yeah it's crazy which is mad when you've got when you got imagine having to spend what's that near enough eight years worth of budget just to get into Formula One in the first yeah. place is kind of insane yeah and I hope that they kind of back down and make it a little easier obviously we've seen members of the FIA uh, an FOM sorry kind of wanting the team in they think everyone kind of agrees it's a good thing for the sport other than the other competitors because obviously it's more competition so obviously Andretti is still hopeful if they're hiring people and I really hope they do so well I wonder if it's still a little bit of a move from them going well we've got all these staff on pay right now you kind of gotta let us in yeah if they don't then they're gonna have to make them redundant which isn't fair no so and I, I still think Formula 1 don't want to look like the bad guys here about no, not letting no. Andretti in I think it's especially still when it's thing. an American team because that that won't do their uh, popularity in America any good. No, no. I think this is the big scary thing, isn't it? So you kind of got three different forces pulling on each other yeah. at the moment in that regard. Um, I think the last big news we've got, though, sort of looking towards Saudi and actually beyond Saudi Arabia, is Aston Martin have apparently come out saying they're going to be bringing upgrades to every single race and then a huge one or sorry every single race leading up to and then a huge update at Imola with effectively the B-spec car yeah and that's quite exciting as someone who likes to see Alonso do well so obviously a lot of teams will be bringing upgrades to the first few races we always see that but if the B-spec car effect well what they're billing is this big upgrade package in Imola if that lives up to their expectations that could be big because I think sensibly right now I would still put them finishing fourth overall um, despite having probably the third fastest car in Bahrain if they can like take a step compared to the rest of the competitors there's no reason why they can't be finishing second like well finishing second fastest or even maybe getting close to Red Bull on tracks that suit them then that would be crazy good I think Alonso winning a race for the first time in 10 years this year would be is a quite a possibility. I mean, it'd be the longest gap by a landslide between two races. The previous was Kimi, wasn't it? It's Kimi, five years. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine just Alonso doubles yeah. that out of the blue. Uh, we were literally children last time Alonso won a race. It is mad to think about, isn't it? Like, yeah. Because Alonso's last win was still that iconic start, wasn't it, in uh, Barcelona? 2013, I mean, Spain. Spain, yeah. Where he went from it third to first on the run. Because Alonso no, seemed no, to no, be. No. Nah, you're all wrong. Was that fifth Let to me first, tell you. was it? Let me tell you. And then it around the outside, yeah, it was around the outside, wasn't it, third. through turn three? It was fifth to third, around the outside of Raikkonen and Hamilton at turn three. Yeah. The iconic one was 2011, but his car was so bad, he finished fourth that race. Ah, sorry. I, I do apologise. Yeah. Um, Come on, you can't be coming at me with early 2010s Early knowledge. 2010s knowledge. Well, Jamie, <laughs> that leads us on actually beautifully to our oh, F1 quiz this week. Now, Jamie, of course, when we, when we sit down, of course, to write notes ready for the show, we went, you're on quiz this week, Matt. 
I thought, can't really do a particularly good quiz from the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix because, of course, there's only ever been two races here. So, Jamie, your job today is pretty simple, actually. You are going to tell me, of course, Saudi Arabia this year is the second race of the Formula One World Championship. It is. You are going to go back as far as you can, telling me the second every single winner of the second race of the year. Oh, that's quite hard. Have I got to do it in order? Yes, you do. One of them. This will be quite hard. I can't even remember who. What was the second race last year? Uh. Wait, I'm. I'm stumped. <laughs> You're oh, not stumped Saudi- already, are you? It was Saudi Arabia. It like was. A, uh, yeah. So it was Verstappen. Correct. Who won that? 2021. Bahrain was first. I think Imola was second. Which is a bit weird. So I'll go Verstappen again. Correct. 2020, it was Austria, then Austria. So it was Hamilton. Correct. 2019, that was normal. So it would have been... Australia. Wow, this is really hard. This is a good quiz. <laughs> Australia. What was even the race? Second race. It was a Mercedes one-two. Because yeah, so it was Hamilton. Correct. Boss, that's one of the first. Twenty eighteen. Ah, oh, that was. Australia was the first race, which Vettel won, and then Vettel won again in Bahrain because he got the first two. Uh, correct. Yep, I just had to double check that one. I'm having to yep. scroll up and down Wikipedia over and over. 17. Vettel won the first race in Australia. Hamilton won the second race in China. Correct. 16. Rosberg won the first four races because he's the GOAT. Well, I think that's a bit strong, but yes. <laughs> uh, I can't. What was race two? Bahrain, I think. But it doesn't matter. Uh, 15. Hamilton won race one. Vettel won race two. Correct. In 14. Rosberg won in Australia. Hamilton won in Malaysia again. Correct. But how far back am I going to 1950 if I can? Yeah, if you, go, you keep going back as far as you need. <laughs> what was that on 2013? Uh, Raikkonen yes. won Australia and then. Ooh. Uh, I'll play it safe and say Vettel, but I'm not actually sure. Multi 21, Seb. Multi 21. Yes, it was. Yeah. I thought it was Vettel in Malaysia. So 2012, uh, Button won the first race in Australia. Alonso won from Perez in Malaysia. 2011. Uh, all of these just Malaysian Grand Prix for as far back as it goes. <laughs> it might um, be. 11. Vettel won race one and race two. Correct. Uh, 2010, that was Australia, so it was Button. Correct. 09 was Button. Correct. Oh, this is where I struggle. <laughs> this is back as far back as I watched Formula One, by the way. Um, 08, Hamilton won race one. I think it was Raikkonen. Correct. <laughs> 07. You've gone further back than I thought you would. Really? Yeah, fair, play. fair play. I've gone through the whole decade and a bit. Uh, a decade 07. and a half. 07 was actually Alonso in Malaysia. It was a 1 2. Correct. 06. Well, I think all. I think it was Fisichella, which is really weird. Correct. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> this is brilliant. 05. 
was oh, this is a guess but it was probably Alonso correct oh four this is now this is ridiculous <laughs> um I'm, it was surely Schumacher because he won the first 13 yeah no he didn't he won all but one of the first 13 yeah um 03 this, yeah this is rough <laughs> it's real rough um it'd be something dumb wouldn't it no I'll play it safe Michael no. Schumacher oh is it Montoya didn't was, win the oh. first three races of 2003 I thought it was a Montoya or Coulthard with the other two in my head but, uh, but you're still wrong Oh wow! It, Who was it? It was a first Raikkonen. ever Grand Prix win. Yeah, Kimi Raikkonen, his first ever oh, wow. dub, 2003 Malaysian wow. Grand Prix. I did. I got 20 years back. So that I'll was that. very impressive. Very. <laughs> Try making a impressive. show out of that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to squeeze those all in. Um, <laughs> I think the last thing we've got to do, though, Jamie, on the show today, quick fire, top three, and poll prediction, prediction, poll predict, poll position prediction, poll position prediction four. Let's go. The Saudi Arabian You can Grand go Prix. first because you're bad. Thank you. Uh, I am going to say then. Oh, do I go Perez? No. Let's be. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be boring this week. I need the points. Max, Max, Checo, Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having That him. is real boring. You you can guess some wild ones today. I'll go. Um. Will I go big or will I just be boring? Go big. I don't want to just go do. Big, I'm not going to do the exact same as you. Go big. Go on, do it. I might actually, given that Ferrari's straight on speed is OP. Actually, Leclerc might have penalties. Yeah, but if he if he still pole if he's still fastest in qualifying, he still gets pole. In this, are we world. saying that? Yeah. Okay. I'll say Leclerc time. pole then. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, Verstappen win. Okay. From. Oh, I need to actually commit to if Leclerc's getting pens or not. I don't think he will. So I go Verstappen, Leclerc, and Sainz. Okay. Double Ferrari podium. Yeah, Ferrari are back. Ferrari <laughs> are back, according to Jamie183. Is Indeed. there anything else we need to go through, Jamie? Um, I think we've, we've rambled a lot today. We've done I pretty well. We've, uh, yeah, we've done a lot of rambling. I hope you enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> thank you all as always so much for listening we will of course return next Tuesday uh, ready to look back over the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix I just want to say a quick little mention as well of course if you're listening to this on YouTube and you're not already subscribed please get yourself subscribed I I've, I won't lie I've had me sub count in the background uh, throughout the show 104 away from 100k so please you might have that by the time this goes out probably not but we will be ridiculously close (laughs) with a bit of luck i'm waiting for a youtube sub purge at some point just to knock me back to like the mid 90s um but yeah thank you all so much as always for listening and we will return very very soon with more knowing wheel